My goodness me. Here it is. Predictable. Well choreographed. Perfectly rehearsed. Hello and welcome to episode 13 of the best rugby pod out there for the women's game. In this episode we make a pretty shoddy attempt at doing an in-person recording. This proved to be much more difficult than we initially planned, so accept our apologies please for the mixed sound quality. We'll work on it for next time. We meet Fudge from Shrewsbury Ladies, discuss pre-season and Jodie gives us an update on her most recent injury. We then chat about changing captains and what it can mean for the squad. Goose announces the first incarnation of the Grassroots Nomads team and we announce our new project for next year. 22 months out with a triple B operation. She runs in, tries for fun. I'm Goose. I'm Lou. I'm Molly. I'm Joyce. And I'm Jodie. And I'm Matt. This is Grassroots. Okay, are we ready? Yeah. No. 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 Right, Batty, call order. It's so much easier when you're at home. So... This is a very special grassroots podcast in that we're actually all in person around a table surrounded by crisps and wine <laughs> and nuts. And so this is a, <laughs> a bit of an experiment. So I think the first thing we need to do is apologise to our listeners for ruining whatever stage of the day they're at when they're listening to this. But it's very exciting for us to get around a table and actually see each other for the first time in about three hours. <laughs> so we have Goose, we have Molly, Jodie. Joyce has made a rare appearance on the podcast. She normally messages the pod after we've recorded, saying when's the recording. <laughs> yeah, true. Lou is still wearing her Kennedy's uniform. It's like with a bird and will no doubt be popping out to <laughs> to deliver a delivery at some point. And uh, Jodie, first question actually. I had a, did an interview the other day with Shrewsbury Rugby Club. Mm -hmm. who were the winners of the shirt competition. So congratulations to Shrewsbury. Mm -hmm. So they've been interviewed later on in the podcast recording from them. And the guy interviewed, whose name was Fudge, which I thought was an interesting name for a rugby player. He was, inquiring, <laughs> he was inquiring about your bruised vagina, Jodie. So Is this the weird guy that always puts about the shower episode on Facebook? No, that's George. We don't want, we, I don't want to give George any airtime. George, look, oh, thanks for listening. We appreciate your, your concern about We're the lack a of a show episode, but this is not Wrong a porno. Channel. Um, <laughs> Wrong channel. Yeah, and, and the more you ask for the shower episode, the more it concerns me that you're listening to it for all the wrong reasons. I mean, if he wants to sponsor with a huge amount of money. This is the thing. So, George, here's the thing. If you put in into our, our coffee accounts, how much? £50? I was going to say 500 Alright, £500. Pounds, yeah. I will do a shower interview with myself. <laughs> well, I'd pay you not to do that <laughs> so Joyce is going to pay me a thousand pounds not to do a shower to me so we're in a bidding war already so two thousand pounds and everyone in the pod crew is going to be doing a shower interview uh, I'm in it'll raise money yeah, we'll yeah, raise them, I mean you know, they make money from calendars I mean if someone wants to see a nip slip from me on a Podcast. <laughs> oh, and, it's, and it's happy to pay £2,000. So in an audio medium where there are no visuals, yeah. Joyce is going to get it. In fact, Joyce has got her tits out now. <laughs> She's sitting here butt naked, covered in baby oil. Did you not tell everyone that we're all naked? Like, <laughs> to be fair, I do have my socks on. Yeah. Joyce has her socks on. No one needs to see those. Yeah, no. It's a massive turn off, to be fair. Yeah. If it wasn't for the socks, I'd be all over you. Yeah. Where has this gone? This what is gone going down the dark on? Route. So Jodie, do you want to give us an update as to your latest injury before we uh, it didn't last long. It was about like a two-week bruising, but yeah, I'm all good now. It's all 
How did you lose your vagina? The vagina when she stood on the boot, sat oh, on a boot. I landed on my boot. So I listen to the pod, George. Try, and I don't know how it happened. It just happened, and I sat on my studs with great force. My up, whole way, up. my foot was turned upwards, and I just dropped onto my boot. Okay. Vagina boot first. Vagina. Broke, vagina. Broke the fall. Okay. Right. Yeah, so it was badly bruised for quite a while. Okay. But only two weeks, and it was all. She's basically swallowed her own boot up a vagina. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So what we've learned from this is Jodie has a particularly robust vagina that mm. can withstand a boot. So to our <laughs> listeners, if anyone can, can tap that, can top that, tap that, uh, tap that. Can you see like the boot, the stud marks on your vagina? You know, like when you get trodden on the back, you get like stud marks. <laughs> okay. I mean, um, you get a mirror and one leg up on the bath. And well, I was going to say, I'm not that flexible. Like a tampon advert, trying to look, you know, with your boot mark. Um, I, I, I don't know. You should have offered to have a look. Uh, yeah, no. Yeah. But no, I have no idea. <laughs> I was just felt bruised. I don't know if it was collared or anything. Well, yeah. Did you not look? Oh, I'd have had to put. I'd have seriously. I'd have had to get the mirror and have a look, couldn't you, to see the level of bruising on your flaps? I don't think there was anything visible. I don't think it was like. We'll, a we'll never know now, will we? Yeah, Unless true. you do it again. <laughs> Let's hope not. What, why did he want to? I, did, I thought I went in detail enough about it the first time. Well, yeah. Not, like, he was just expressing concern not. because he was a little bit worried after you talked about the injury and how oh, much okay. pain you're in that that pain continued and it's maybe affected your life in some way no no well no not my rugby career no <laughs> <laughs> i mean that should have got you a sympathy yeah, is it on your tinder profile yeah don't have a tinder profile <laughs> i'm uh, narrow yeah so there's nothing straight today now uh yeah it's yeah fine still fully functional so <laughs> <laughs> oh good <laughs> So there you go, listeners. I'm not going to ask. If you do have the misfortune of falling onto your own boot, onto your vagina, don't worry, it'll all be fine. Just and if you're worried, Joyce will work and inspect it for you. She's desperate to see a bruised vagina. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, I just, I don't when you bruise, you have to have a look and see, surely. I'd have had to, uh, no, anyway, maybe just, just me then. Yeah. <laughs> well, having, having once done a bruise of the week competition, I'm glad it was a bit earlier than this particular incident. <laughs> just before. imagine what I could have drawn on that picture. It, it, imagine, <laughs> imagine Sue Enstis having to pick that one out of the lineup. Oh, God. Actually, I think you should have sent it and not told anyone which body part it was. Oh, <laughs> well, this bruise seems to have a nasty gash with it as well. Oh. <laughs> that could be describing your face or your vagina. Ah, <laughs> My work here is done. Thank you. So I'm here with Fudge. Uh, Fudge is the head coach, is that right, of Shrewsbury Ladies? That's right, yeah. Fudge, fantastic to have you on the podcast. Uh, great to, to hear from you. Um, so uh, we're going to have a bit of a chat with Fudge about the work that they've been doing down in Shrewsbury or up in Shrewsbury, depending on where you're based in the country. Um, so I guess Fudge, first question from my side is tell me a little bit about your team. Uh, yeah, so Shrewsbury's had a ladies team in the past um, and with playing numbers and things that seemed to just stop running uh, for whatever reason. But uh, we had a number of inquiries last year, I think, really, just as to whether we had a ladies team or if we were looking and interested to start one up. Um, and we've also got a very active mini and junior section, which has a number of girls coming through as well. So um, we put the feelers out and, and ran some initial sessions started in January this year um, that were just an hour or so um, once a week just to see if we could drive the numbers up. Um, as it happened, that seemed to gain some traction. And then there was interest ac- across the the returning players and the mums from around the area that were keen to then uh, push on and ju- 
generate a team that we're now entering into the in a warrior series starting this season. Yeah, that's quite a lot of growth in a short space of time. What would you put the, what was the main thing do you think that you did to get to that point? Social media is one of your best friends on this sort of thing. So really advertising it and pushing it. A lot of it was friends of friends that had seen it on Facebook. Um, I'd spoke to our local radio, um, Radio Shropshire, and they they put it out a couple of times, particularly around the time of uh, the success of the Women's Six Nations as well. So there was obviously women's rugby on the telly that was free to view and uh, starting to try and grow our numbers really from there. Um, and yeah, just just sharing it and getting it out there, putting posts out on local event sites on things like Facebook and Instagram and just really trying to spread the word as much as we can with as minimal effort as possible because as with everything, it comes down to volunteers. Little and often is always the way, isn't it? But like you say, you know, when volunteers are doing it, if you put too much pressure on yourselves to do something big and bold, then it, it soon goes goes by the wayside, doesn't it? That's it, exactly. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're not a massive club, but we do have a very large mini and junior section with a big army of volunteers. Um, obviously, this lady section is fairly new, so at the moment I'm almost a single point of contact for it, but we're starting to grow the the support around it. And I sit on the committee of the club as well. So I do have a good overview of where things are coming from and where we can try and make sure we're getting the most impact of our resources. So tell me a bit about last season then. Did you have many games? Did you, was it very much a development season for you? As I say, we started in January. So last season didn't really happen for us, so to speak. It was more just a a trials of uh, gaining interest and very much into club touch matches on a... I have to remind myself which night on a Wednesday night, um, where it was just a case of seeing what ladies turned up, chucking a ball around, introducing them to some basics of the game, um, tackle positions, some of the laws around the game of making sure that ball's passed backwards, but you're still following that go forward principle. And that was it really. It was just it was just a case of that going from there and friends bringing friends and you know, people returning to the game that were keen to play. Uh, and then from that we signed up really. And this 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 season was essentially going to be our first one. So going into the Inner Warrior League next year, um, big challenge with the Inner Warrior League is that it can be a bit attritional with cancelled fixtures and so on. How are you getting geared up for it? So I was on a call with the the RFU that are running the Inner Warrior Series um, last week, actually. And what they've done is they've taken club feedback into consideration. So fixtures are being planned for every three weeks or so, which allows those commitments from players that can't commit every Sunday to play. Um, to buy into those fixtures that we do have once they're f- officially announced. Uh, there's a festival, I think, taking place on the first weekend of the season and also at the end of the season. So we can really target availability around those few Sundays where we will have fixtures. But if there's demand for us to arrange friendlies, I've already been contacted by a couple of local clubs to try and arrange something pre-season as well. How's it been getting the rest of the club behind the ladies then? So there was already a demand... From my side, because uh, my daughter plays, uh, she's currently under eight, but moving up. And I thought, well, actually, we want a pathway for our girls section to go and play adult rugby where we can. Um, we do have quite a successful girls section where we've had a couple of our players represent the England under 18s. Um, so we're hoping we can get them to bolster our ranks on some weeks. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's just about creating that opportunity so that the girls do see that they have somewhere to go so we don't lose them from the club. Um, but also some mums of our minis and juniors players were keen to kind of give it a go themselves and actually are turning into be some of our potential ones to watch in the squad um wow. having and some of them having never picked up a rugby ball before i love it when that happens you know people who you've never never really thought of it before but just somehow have a natural aptitude for it have you found that some of your players have come from other sports 
Yeah, so we've got uh, one of our players has come across from football. Um, I'm just trying to think now. Uh, some of them, uh, uh, quite a few of them seem to be ex-players that are looking to return to the game in some form or mm. another. Um, and others had, had never played before. So it is it is a real mix of everyone. I think one or few, two would have played hockey previously as well. So um, I think just because they've now got the opportunity a lot closer to home to give rugby a go, they're uh, coming over to our sport, which uh, which is great for us, really. Pre-season then, have you started? Uh, start Wednesday. So uh, I was uh, had a meeting with one of the support coaches that's helping me out last week, drawing up our uh, pre-season plans together. And uh, Wednesday I'll be our first session to kick things off. So it'll uh, start light and fun, but there will be an element of fitness to get involved um, just to see where we go from there, really. I think you've you've neglected the one rule of coaching in pre-season. Let's never mention the word fitness. <laughs> well, I, I'm a prop myself when I play. I know that I've been trying to do some pre, some fitness work away from um, the main senior team. So uh, it's one of those where kind of this session might be the only chance some of these uh, players get to get away from the kids or work. So there is, there's got to be that balance of fun and fitness. What about you, your journey as a coach, then, Fudge? You know, it's it's a very different a ball game isn't it in, in both senses of the word going from coaching men's or playing in men's to, to coaching women's what have you felt what have you found along that journey yourself well I'm fairly new to it so I I started my coaching uh, RFU quals just uh, as a case of needing to so that our um, under sixes as it was when my son started playing had a coach that could fill in when the um, other coach couldn't do the main weekends um, so I got into coaching through the mini and junior side um, and from there, there's obviously girls that play in that section. And there is there is a difference between the mindset of boys and girls as players. Um, and that's the same as when you get to men's and ladies. I think I haven't really coached much in the way of men's. Um, it's all been uh, kids related. So migrating over to ladies coaching at the moment, it's just about getting the fundamentals of the game in with them so that they understand the basics Um but also being patient with uh, the questions because they won't have always watched the game growing up or won't have uh, always compared it to how their kids coach. You know, there, there are some drills that I run road test, if you like, on our under 11 squad that I'll, I will be taking into the lady setup. Um, but chucking a ball around, whether you're 10, 15, 20, 40, doesn't really matter. You know, you still got to go forward and pass the ball backwards. Totally. I think we sometimes as coaches overcomplicate what's essentially a fairly simple principle, isn't it? Uh, yeah, that's it. I mean, rugby is an evasive game, really. You know, if you're taking contact, it's to build something to move that ball wide. So I know that some people kind of can be cautious, if you like, of the tackle element, um, especially if they you know they've got to get up and go to work on Monday. Whereas uh, actually, if you let the ball do the work, it could be quite a fun, expansive game. I think I've ever heard a prop talk about the game being an evasion game before. No, I think that's just my coaching mantra is to kind of keep <laughs> that ball alive. I know that from watching kids playing honeypot and around the ball, trying to get that message of let the ball do the work um, and finding the space will actually make it a lot freer and funner for them. If it's tied up and you're going, I like the old school going from scrum to scrum, but you can't ruck anymore in the same ways that you used to when I started playing. So that's kind of, it's now more about finding that open space. Tell me a bit about uh, Shrewsbury Rugby Club itself. The senior team currently playing Counties 1, where um, run about two seniors teams, sometimes three senior teams if numbers allow on some weekends. We're all volunteer driven across the club. So from the committee right down to the coaches, um, everyone's a volunteer that freely gives up their time. We're a real grassroots family-based club. So it's, 
It's really about trying to get people together and play as much as they can. There's a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes um, by a f- very, very few individuals. Um, so we're always looking for wider support. In terms of your catchment area then for the women's section, that's a big thing, I think, as as you grow a squad because, y- you know, you'll get... It's quite easy to... I say it's easy, it's never easy, but growing to one squad is doable with some elbow grease, some willing volunteers one or two people in the squad that are pretty good at getting out there and pulling people in and so on. Um, but what you will find with, if you haven't done already with the women's game is that, it, you know, players do come in and out a little bit more than they do in the men's game. So having a catchment area where women are playing in the local area, maybe there's unis, maybe there's, you know, colleges and schools that are doing some rugby-based work can really help. I mean, what's the situation like in Shrewsbury? We do have a quite an active sports course uh, at our local college. Um, that certainly supports our cult side running well, and our senior men's coach there is also uh, the coach at the college team and involved in the teaching there. So there, there is quite a nice tie and a link in there. Um, on the ladies' side, there's also another lecturer there that's assisting me with the coaching so we do have a tie-in with our within our girls section already at under 18s with the local college so hopefully we can look to grow and broaden that as well we do have other teams in the area at um at a women's playing level bridge north's not too far down the road from us um telford as well is very much on our doorstep um so there is actually a bit of a bit of a local hub of women's rugby starting to take place in shropshire as it's uh, as it's starting to go now what are your aims then for, for next season? You know, going into the Warrior League, it, you're not, I'm sure you're not quite sure what to expect, but have you given any thoughts to, you know, what the aims and ambitions are for, for that first season? I think at the moment, my aim is to kind of be able to field a team for every fixture and just to see a development from game to game of just that growth of understanding the players and start to try and get a bit more of a player-led environment so that they, they have the knowledge there amongst some of the ones that are returning to the game that they can start to lead it and bring on those that are very new to the game so that my role becomes very much a bit more of an administrative backseat where, you know, I can tell them where they've got to be, when they've got to be there, but actually they start to then take the ownership of the squad to try and develop it and move it forward and recognise what they want us to work on in training. And then I can work with them to try and craft the sessions that will show that development. So come the end of the season, we're actually thinking, yes, we want to push and challenge ourselves a bit more. So we can say, actually, we think we could go to a go into the full league structure where actually we're playing a lot more games across the course of the season, but really starting to stretch and challenge how we perform in those games. What has surprised you so far about being involved in women's rugby? Difficult. Uh, not, nothing's really jumped out because it's kind of as I, I was involved a little bit with the Shoesby lady side um, a few years ago because it's how I met my wife. So I used to support them because uh, one of my teammates, his sister was also playing. And we used to go down on a Sunday and help out in the kitchen or in the bar and watch their games. So I've always kind of been in, a, in and around the ladies' rugby setup where, it, where it's been taking place. Um, so there's nothing really that surprised me, uh, although there's probably one or two stories from some of the evenings out and tours that they've been on I could, uh, I could share <laughs> over a pint another time. <laughs> Fantastic. And obviously, Fudge, congratulations. You're the winner of our shirts competition i mean that came as a massive shock i think it was one of our players mel that entered um and maybe one or two others had also thrown to try and get a competition entry and it was just when they said that they they'd actually won it it was such a shock to us really because you kind of with all competitions you throw your hat in the ring on these things and don't expect to hear back but you never know but yeah absolutely thrilled for the girls because um this will be such a boost for them as we uh, as we start this season and give them a bit of an identity with their own kit 
Um, thankfully, support you know very kindly supported by you guys at the Grassroots Pod, and yeah, just just absolutely made up that we can kind of kick off. We were trying to set um, source a kit this year already, and we'd managed to sell a bit of sponsorship space on it to help fund it. But this is this is really really going to help them kick off. It's a big moment actually when you get the first kit. I remember when I was coaching our squad at Crew and Switch for the first time, and when we got that box delivered, and, and there were all the shirts, and the team actually had an identity. Uh, and it was unique to them. I think it's, uh, it's it's a good moment. It's that line in the sand to say, right, this is real now, isn't it? You know, I'm, I'm a big fan of all rugby and uh, I always like the Lions mantra of leaving the shirt in a better place than when you put it on. Um, yeah. And I just I just really want to try and instill that, that when they see this shirt, actually, it's up to them to represent it and uh, and move forward with it and then leave it in a better place for either when they pick it up for the next game or when someone else comes through in future seasons to wear it. Absolutely. Well, I'm looking forward to working with the squad and Halbro to get the design right for you as well, because the great thing about Halbro kit is it's designed to, to fit the women's form. And, you know, of all the kits that, that we've uh, looked at and tested over the last couple of years, that's very much the one that really does the job properly. Some of our coaches are linked in with the girls section at the college and they said the Halbro kit for a, uh, for certainly a women's and girls fit is, is a very, very good quality. So uh, to actually get get the chance for our team to be kitted out by the same supplier is great yeah absolutely and also the great thing about another great thing the Halbro do is they actually help you design it so if you give them some ideas send them some logos and, and all the rest of it they'll come back with some ideas of what it could look like so it really gives you that freedom of choice to design something that's bespoke to your squad and, and represents who you are as a team that's brilliant that's great to hear thank you very much no problem no problem at all so looking forward to getting the ball rolling with that so I believe uh, Fergus and Melissa are in contact now so Hopefully that won't be too long before that's rolling off the production line. That's excellent. That's great. Thanks very much. Our pleasure. In terms of you know your journey in rugby, then yourself, then Fudge. You know you've mentioned that you you know you're a prop. What's what's rugby given to you as a person? It's given me a sense of belonging. You know, it's it's a difficult one really. I look look at um, my kids that do some work for school and say, well, where was this? You know, where did they feel safe and was a safe place? And you know, you think about home and school being up there, but. Both my children independently put the rugby club and they're both involved with their age groups. And it is, it's is—it's one of those safe spaces that you can just rock up to at any point and you've got a ready-made family. It's its the social side. It's the, the place you can go to escape from work or from other things that are on your mind. And just for that one or two training sessions a week, you've got one core focus, which is to give your all to the team. Um, it's, yeah, it's there's so much to it that it's really hard to put into words what, what rugby actually means to me. I mean, obviously I gained a wife and two kids from my involvement with Shrewsbury Rugby Club, um, which is why I'm now probably giving back my time as a coach and also on the committee and as a player. Um, but it's, re- yeah, it's really, really difficult actually just to summarise it unless yeah. I really stepped away and thought about it. But the club means so much to me that I don't think I'll ever be able to put it into words, but I put it into actions by supporting them in every way I can. You put that far more eloquently than I ever could. One of the big challenges with women's team when you're setting up a squad is you don't have that kind of legacy and that history behind you to draw upon. You know, I'm sure your men's team is no different to, to ours up here in Crewe and Nantwich, where, you know, on a match day, there's players that played 20 years ago. There's memorials to, to those that aren't with us anymore. There's, you know, the legacy of coaches and captains everywhere to be seen. Obviously, some sponsors played at the club and so on. We've got that rich history of over 100 years to draw upon um, to give players a sense of the game being a bit bigger than they are. 
Um, with the women's section, you have to build that from scratch. You know, what are you introducing? What have you thought about to, to kind of get that moving forward quicker? And you know, things like traditions and, and rituals and so on. It's not something that I've thought about yet because I just want to get our first session underway um, as our first official preseason this Wednesday. But I think that's something where I'll give the players opportunity to set their own code of conduct or expectations of what they want their history and their legacy to be at the club. You know, they've all got kids that play in different... Some of our players have got kids that play in different ages across the section. And it's a case of, well, actually, what do you want your children to come up through and look back on or your grandchildren or, um, you know, those players that are just coming through the minis and junior section now? Some of those will play in the same shirt and for the same team that these women are playing for now. And it's what do they still want to be the mantra? What do they still want to be the legacy that happens that when they're on the sidelines cheering on with their umbrellas up, with their blue rinses in their hair, um, what do they still want to say back in our day? Because I still get it from players when I'm in the bar after playing on a match day now on a Saturday of people from the 60s, 70s, 80s that played that back in their day, some things never change. Mm. Um, and it's about just trying to create that environment. And, and you know, there's not many there's not many players or teams now that can start to write their own history. And the women that Shrewsbury are in that position. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, if you get that right from the from the go, you know, it, it'll be with you. And their sense of loyalty and, and, you know, well, love for the club will be well ingrained in them from the very first day. So, yeah can't be overlooked how would you describe the personality of your squad then um very friendly very jovial um they all like to have they're all there for a bit of fun at the moment and to to just chuck the ball around um kind of get to grips with their gate get get to grips with the game and understand it i think um we haven't really decided on what our squad identity or what our culture is going to be yet um because i think we only found out that we were actually going to progress with the team at the end of April, just after we'd done all these testing sessions and we had around 20 to 25 players that were kind of saying, yep, I'm keen to play next season. So we're now in a position where actually, if we can get those 20 consistently turning up to pre-season and ready to go from the off when we hit September with our fixtures, um, we'll then start to be able to decide where we want the club to go. If somebody was listening to this and thought, that sounds really interesting, why should they come to Shrewsbury? Uh, why shouldn't you come to Shrewsbury? It's a fabulous... Because Crow which is just up the road. It is just up the road. <laughs> that is very true. Um, so we, are a little, we are a little bit on the on the west western side of the country, but in terms of a club, you know, we're really, really friendly. The beer is good and cheap. Um, Always a good start. What the in-town prices are. We have some of the best facilities, I think, in the county. As a senior player, I can remember a few seasons ago, we were the only team to play in our league because our pitches were playable. Um, So our facilities are great on the pitch. Off the pitch, I think there's still a little bit of work to do, but, you know, we have hot running water. We have, you know, we're just upgrading our kitchen facilities for post-match food. Um, The bar's always friendly. We've got a new big screen in there with the World Cup coming up. so, you know, there's lots of opportunity and potential and we're always looking to grow the club and the membership as much as we can um, and, and start to try and work with that local community a bit more. So if there's anyone, you know, that's listening to this from the Shropshire area that's involved with business and wants to see what they can do, I'd, you know, just jump on our socials and get in touch and we'll see what we can do. 
absolutely. We'll put your contact details in the show notes when this episode's released so that people can find you. And of course, to listeners, if you do go to Shrewsbury and and, uh, and start playing there, you'll have a brand new kit to play in in September. It's great. We're really looking forward to that. And yeah, anyone's welcome to come and give rugby a go at Shrewsbury and we'll uh, do our best to give you the love for the sport that we've all got. Fantastic. No better place to end there than Fudge. Thank you so much for joining me. It's been really great to hear a little bit about the work that you've been doing. And we wish you all the best for the new season and the pre-season period. No, that's great. Thanks very much, Matt. And uh, I'll certainly be uh, looking to subscribe and listen to the pod going forward. I've only recently found out about it in the last couple of months, so I'll uh, I'll start listening a lot more often now. Just, just a word. Don't, don't listen to it in the car with with uh, young people. No, I've uh, I did. Uh, I just want to check one of the players that had the um, boot between the legs in their last game. I just have they recovered all right after the last incident. <laughs> I don't know. I'm seeing her on Friday, so we'll we'll find out then. Okay. So if she's walking funny, then the answer is no. <laughs> but uh, she's pretty resilient. This isn't the first time she's been injured in an unfortunate way. So right. okay, she's pretty hard. <laughs> Excellent. That's great. Friends, follow Route 51 to Nantwich. Kennedy's American Diner is the big red, white, and blue building with a big welcome and big portions of authentic American favorites. Great coffee, big breakfast, bagels, lunches, milkshakes, sandwiches, incredible burgers, hot wings, nachos, mega vegan options, cocktails, and much more. Cheers! Kennedy's American Diner, open all day, every day on the High Street, Nantwich. Visit kennedysdiner.co.uk. Happy days! Anyway, how are we? Yeah, yeah, good. 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 Molly, back in the pre-season. Saw you coaching the juniors last night. How was that? They talk a lot. So how do you handle that then as a coach when you've got a lot of chat going on? Well, actually, I'll tell you what I think I did. And then Louise can give you the, <laughs> the actual version. No, just... I think, like, when you introduce yourself, you just kind of say, you know, no chatting. Otherwise, you can go... I think I said, go and play croquet. And they all went, what's croquet? Um... <laughs> Just making it as enjoyable as possible and then you can see the girls that don't want to join in and they don't like it and the faces come over them and they're just, they're not engaged. Try and make it funny, make a prat out of them, I think, because we were doing stupid stuff and they were all giggling and laughing and then they forget and then they just join in. But yeah, I'm very sarcastic, noted on the pod. Don't take any shit, but equally just there for a good time because they don't want to learn how to play amazing rugby at 12 and 14. So yeah, pre-season has been epic started to uh do the fitness which has been awful and for anyone that's uh, done fitness this week it burns like hell lungs legs calves ankles everything but it's been really good to get back with the girls and i think um you can tell who's not done any pre-season pre-pre-season so it's like when you do pre-drinks you can tell who's not done pre-drinks when you go into a nightclub and they're stood there you know very upright uncomfortable the people that didn't do any pre-pre-season were on the floor dying like, um, yeah, <laughs> dead birds. They were they were all really struggling with the goose. Yeah, they were, yeah. I'm, so, I'm glad I did something. <laughs> so what are the telltale signs then of somebody who hasn't done any pre-pre-pre-season training? They sit out in fitness. The defib. <laughs> yeah. CPR on the, um, on the far touchline. New boots, new kit, all the gear, no idea. Turning up with a face full of makeup, hair tied back lovely, does the first lap and then looks like they just woke up after a night out, hair everywhere, makeup streamed across the face and they realise they've not done any exercise. The People ones who, being sick. Yeah, and the sudden injuries. It's like, oh, I'm running around the pitch and it's got hard. Oh, my hamstring seems to have t- 
twinged, I'm going to have to sit mm. down. There's a lot of stretching. Yeah. Oh, yeah. there's a there's very stretching. Taking a knee. Yeah. 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 There's a very long period of the down of the down and up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like it's go down. down. Yeah. Did it look like they've been down, shot from the sidelines? <laughs> do my shopping list for Aldi. Think about what I'm going to do tomorrow. Time me oh, back yeah, up again. I'll get back up oh, now. Yeah. Oh, the shoelace is coming undone. That's a classic. Shoelaces. I've got a chub rub. You can put your under shorts on, Susan. You've obviously not ran for about six weeks if you just realise your thighs don't have a thigh gap. Um, God, Molly's brutal, isn't she? No, trying to be coached by her. Yeah. No, but seriously, if you, you all know that you sign up for pre-season... You're like, meant to vomit on the first day of pre-season. You are, but I want to vomit on my own out of the limelight of everybody else. So I choose to get that out of the way in advance so that when I turn up and do my pre-season I look quite like I'm with it still dying but I'm not like losing my dignity by vomiting in a bush next to a sheep do you think though that some people are playing it so they're looking so unfit but then because you're getting tested I've seen the running scores it's a bit like making a shit cup of tea and never get asked again isn't it so if you do really really shit on the first one you can your baseline is so low you're just going to look brilliant going forward if you like, then put a bit of effort in. Or you get put in the forwards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> forwards. So for anyone that's never done the England forward or backs fitness test, it is absolutely disgusting. And we did it on Monday. But yeah, that is a good point. People could be faking their fitness, well, unfitness, to make sure that when they do it next time, they improve rapidly. See, I always did that, but then I forgot to do the improved bit. So I was just shit all the time. So you weren't lying. That no, was, that was. was, yeah. was truly yeah, yeah, like, shit. Yeah. Truly unfit. And she was also a forward. And also yeah. a forward. There's yeah. no coming back. Just There's no. Yeah, that's it. Once you're in that front row, that's it. The only way out is stage exit left. Yeah. <laughs> so I noticed last night that our resident gingerbread, for those that haven't listened recently, a gingerbread is somebody who is easily broken, essentially. So bear in mind that rugby hasn't. When was the last game? Start of May, late, late April. Late April. Late April. Yeah. So our gingerbread was in physio before training last night. It wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> You're the only gingerbread. <laughs> so some might say, well, you know, if she's been carrying the injury all that time, <clears throat> physio's a good place to be. I might say, good excuse to get out of the warm up. I think that every team has the players who never make it through a full warm-up and you've got to question how they make it through a full game if you cannot make it through warm-up they don't they don't they stand around Mm. one thing i would say though is off season is the perfect time to rehab any injuries you've got yeah so if you are injured rather than spending the off season doing nothing at least do your rehab so that when you come back on the first session you can do a bit of yeah you can start building your fitness because ultimately some people want a break i personally don't want to die and be doing my broncos next to a dead carcass of a sheep at the vagrants <laughs> being sick because an extra sick because of the sheep because i've done no fitness if i was really injured i would probably be being sick because of the sheep not for the fitness but i would have rehabbed my injury in the off season so i think yeah yeah there's always tactical moves on and off the pitch and i always think if you don't take part in pre-season you're just cheating yourself because when someone comes along that's better at rugby than you and you're not fit they'll take your shirt 
So you can't cry wolf. This is what always used to get me. Yeah. You would, they would. There's certain players in every team who would always have an injury. Injury. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, can you cut that? Out? <laughs> I wasn't going to name, but we're going there. Um, who'd always have an injury, but come the Thursday night or Wednesday night before selection, amazingly could run like Hussein Bolt down the side, you know, with no injury whatsoever, just to get in. You're talking very, very flatteringly about Lou here. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I have a lot of time for Lou. Lou, you, yeah. In fact, in fact Lou, am I right? We us props stick together. Lou's claim to fame actually, she won the mother's race <laughs> at Grace's Sports Day recently. Do you want to talk us through this epic milestone in your life, Louise? Did you take people? So out? last year, I uh, said to Grace, "I can't do the mum's race because all my hurty poor knee." You were in plaster, to be fair. I had recently had <laughs> surgery and. Um, I said, yeah, I'll do it next year. And thinking that she'd never remember. But of course she bloody <laughs> did. So this year she said, Mum, don't forget, you you promised me you'd do oh, the Mum's no. race. Oh. Good work, Grace. Anyway, Good luckily, work. it wasn't really a running race. It was um, a pint of water. Oh, in down in? <laughs> no. Oh. And you had to go from point A to point B. And the person with the most amount of water left in the glass was the winner. So I took part in the race and <laughs> I uh, didn't really listen to the rules properly. <laughs> um, and I was like, fuck this, I'm going to run and I'm going to win. But it wasn't really about the running and the winning, it was about the water in the glass. So, you know, despite winning, yeah, I didn't actually win because you I didn't just have take a all the water in the glass. But I did say that if it was if it was lager in the pint, I would have won. Yeah, well, you want to make I wouldn't have dropped any of that. So. What we're saying essentially, Louise, is in your life, the glass is always half empty. Ditch the glass and pegged it. Had I been running next to one of you guys, I'd have, I'd have pegged it and, and chucked the water. water <laughs> <on you. laughs> this is true. Look, I did the race. Okay. Yeah, this is we should yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, told you. Yeah, the last well, ever primary school race. That's yours. Yeah. Well, at least you didn't bare your ass and your knickers like that woman did who oh, did yeah. that race. I mean, you could have gone face planted. <laughs> but also, Grace was um, giving out the stickers, so she gave me a secret first sticker. Yes. Hey. Hey. It's not what you know. Yeah. yeah. So, just going back to pre season, I'm going to ask Jodie this. So, Jodie, when you first came to crew, <laughs> I remember that you were quite unfit but you are probably one of the most resilient people in fitness like you never stopped like even though you were unfit at that time and I'm not saying drastically unfit you were just unfit in comparison to now I think a lot of fitness is about mental strength yes. I don't actually think you have to be fit so for example I'm a lot bigger than a lot of the forwards on my team but I'm really fucking stubborn mm. And I won't give up. And Jodie is probably the person on the team that if I was to say they've got a lot of mental strength on the pitch. Sorry, guys. Lots of tenacity. Yeah. yeah. And I think mental strength wins fitness. I don't think it matters how fit you are. And I just wondered, like, obviously, Jodie, like, when you're running at fitness, what goes through your head? I've not done fitness this year. Like, cardio's taking a backseat completely. I'm, I'm going to die when I go up to pre-season. And you're encouraging words of you're going to beast us isn't very inviting so I might not turn up next week but yeah might not yeah. <laughs> oh, I've been called out oh, but now no. we've discussed it there's no yeah. way you out you have to I think last season for me 
I really just hit the gym and I wanted to be the best I could be. I thought, this is probably going to be last year that I'm going to be the best I could be. So I just smashed everything out at the gym multiple times a week. And my target for being the best I could be was Mish. I just wanted to be faster than Mish because she was top speed, everything, fastest, finish first. And I thought, if I can beat Mish, that's my goal achieved. I think I'm just too competitive and I just want to compare myself against other people so that's what drives me i don't think there's anything wrong with being competitive though we're kind of as women you're kind of made to feel as you can't be competitive it's not a nice trait but actually i don't think there's anything wrong with being whether it's with yourself or other people you've got to have stuff to aim at. it's not a bad thing is it was my goal she was the person that i admired and looked up to and wanted to be so if i could achieve something more than her then that was sort of a Thanks, Mish. I think what we're saying is that Molly and you, Jodie, are like, I am going to do this and I am going to beat so-and-so and I'll probably die, but I'll die tomorrow and I'll just fake it like it's all good tonight yay yeah. <laughs> tomorrow yeah. legs don't work I'm no sure it best. But, it's all good. but we'll just be incognito tomorrow no one will know do you, <laughs> you know? find that though as a forward like if you were doing those runny racy things between, if you could mm. beat a back that was just yeah. like yes get yeah. in yeah, that I mean, was me last night that was like yeah, it, yeah, it, it, it never really happened it, 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 no seriously it will have done but when you when you go past the back or you get there before a back as a forward you're just especially as a front row and you're beating back you're just like okay that gives me something to go at well it's just because anyway. i've just got up from the last rock and there have been two other rocks but this is a question and obviously matt and goose your ex-backs yes matt you're not a back now are you mate <laughs> were you um, ever a back oh, oh. <laughs> you're not a back now do you know why i've got a number 20 show you know that's my lucky number on the bench <laughs> Yeah, it's a true story. So the very first time I turned up at my second club after uni, which was the Mighty Tamesians. If you're listening, Tamesians, big up. (laughs) Represent. Yeah, I I hadn't actually played for the team before. The captain hadn't been to training that week. I've been selected, Uh, and we walked into the changing rooms before the game. The captain sort of came round and had the bag of shirts, giving out everybody their shirts. And he said, um, he's an Aussie, so, yeah, hi, I'm, I'm Luke, who are you? Hi, I'm Matt. So, what, what position are you playing today? So I think I've been selected at 10. He reached into his bag, pulled out this 10 shirt that might as well have been some kind of bikini. It was, <laughs> it was not really a shirt, it was more a piece of material. And he said, fuck me, mate, you're the biggest fucking 10 I've ever seen. <laughs> And he reached into his bag and he found the, the biggest shirt he could, which had a number 20 on the back. And he said, you're twice the size of any 10 I've ever seen and gave me the 20 shirts. That's why my lucky number's oh, 20. Oh, that's nice. Well, all you could see it as twice uh, as good as any 10 he's ever seen. No. The 20. Double 10. So but what? Like the Harry Potter sorting hat. Yeah. Whatever shirt fits you is... Gryffindor! Yeah. You are not a back. <laughs> <laughs> it would, we talked about that before, didn't we? About a sorting hat yeah. that tells you what position oh, you are. Yeah. You're a flake. You're always late to training. Oh, you're on the bench. Um, oh, he didn't make the squad. Oh, um, please what? do a um, squad announcement by the hats. By the sorting hat. Yeah. But what I was going to say to you guys is, do you think there's a different mentality between backs and forwards in pre-season? I'm not talking about in life, in games. Do you think there's a different mentality? Yeah. So 
Yeah, good. You've been both back and forward, haven't you? Yeah, <clears throat> I think I'm. My mentality is a bit like Molly and Jody in that I will just put my head down and I will just get on and I will just do it, whether I die, vomit, or what have you along the way. I will just get it done. But I kind of yeah being in the backs there is a bit more of a mentality that fitness is probably a bit more of a given and why are they having to do tests and aren't we quick anyway etc etc um so they probably don't take it as seriously as the forwards would be my view i I definitely agree with that and i think as a back ex-back now back wannabe wannabe uh, I would say that it's really, really nice. Preseason is normally in the warmer months, right? So throwing a ball around when it's nice and warm and dry, and the ball bounces a little bit, is really fun. Like genuinely, really fun. So when everyone's doing the whole, you know, let's do some rocky one. I'm like, no. I just want to enjoy the fact that I can catch it. I don't look up in the sky to catch a high ball and I get hit in the eye with hail. You know, that's... <laughs> really, you yeah, yeah, exactly. That's really fun. Um, and I think you do perhaps get a little bit excited in the pre-season about what the back line can achieve because yeah. the conditions are so good. Yeah, yeah. and, and you've got better. all these new people coming down as well and right. suddenly the back line looks shit hot. Yes. Whereas by January the back line has vanished. Yeah. We're all on the 14th of September first game. We've got no backs. Oh yeah, we've got no we went from 70 to 10. <laughs> no, by January the back line is shivering <laughs> and trying to and thinking, I wish we had pockets in these shorts. Yeah, right? Yeah. Pockets for our hand warmers. Yeah. Okay, that's what the extra space in the sports bra is for. Oh. <laughs> don't just it. Hand warmers will save you. I put them in my shoes every game. Well, in the shoes? Every game? Every Sorry, what? Plus November, I put hand warmers in my shoes because my get, toes get really cold and I get like you're not you working need some sheep, you need some sheepskin yeah, that's because I'm a now that's well, why your boots are too tight I never get the ball to me so I'm just like you know, have you ever had this problem? I mean, when you've got no, three not, people like, sat on top of you, you're not, you know, there's no cold there, is there? I don't yeah. get no. cold in a rugby game. I've never felt cold ever. Ah, uh, welcome to the week. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Just on the last thing, because I know we need to move on. Pre season, one of my biggest bugbears of pre season across every club I've ever played for and all the stuff that you see. Jodie, you can open your side then. Yeah, one second. Um, not enough teams do strength training it is all all fitness fitness as in running and up down and cardio if we spent more time doing strength and conditioning there would be less injuries totally agree what are you laughing strength and conditioning (laughs) is key if you don't do that if you're not doing the basics isn't it no I just not doing the pelvic floor well no I mean the whole (laughs) the forward forward is your strength and conditioning if you can't squat you can't be and I have to say having over the off season invested and done some horrible PT and circuit sessions actually I've sweated more and got my heart rate up more doing that than I would in a three-minute shuttle run. I've got to say, Goose, and this this might come across a bit pervy. You yeah, shouldn't or do. Me, or me. But last night, I felt your guns. Yeah. And you got some good definition going there, Goose. Oh, the guns! Like, right now, you can't see this on the pod, but, Jody, but Goose is currently... And Jodie's frothing. Jodie's frothing. I just slipped off my chair. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm 
sat next season. to her. Can I change? You should. Would you, like, would you like a mop? Joyce? No. <laughs> please. You should be flipping tires. You should be carrying each other on your back. You should be squatting with each other on your back. You should be lying on the floor, holding onto someone's neck, and they should be on it, like you know, going through the motions. We don't do that in every no. team, and that is ultimately why people get injured. Do you think that's because a lot of coaches, no disrespect, want to be backs? Are backs? Most of your coaches that you have, if we've had over the years, our main coach has been a back rather than a forward. Yeah. Hmm, possibly. And, and I just think that those sessions where you are like piggybacking, wheelbarrow races and all that sort of it's really good fun actually. Yeah. And it's not just for forwards, that's for yeah. backs as well. Because you can have a load of fun and it, like all degrades into giggles and stuff. But is that not the point yeah. of pre-season but I've had a bit of fun a bit of bonding yeah. but also actually there's a point of like some real strength training well I prefer that sort of fitness trick mm. me into fitness yeah. get me don't yes. tell me to do running yeah. because yeah, I'll immediately yeah. go I don't want to do that but get me to throw a ball around or do yeah. a silly drill or let's something play, like that let's play a game yeah, it's I've, not a game before it's I've, fucking evil but I've but done it at the I've end of it, it you're knackered yeah. you know there's cartoons where you've got a donkey and there's somebody oh, making a donkey walk with a carrot on a stick right mm. that's basically me if you put like a fishing rod on the back or just strapped it to my back with a rugby ball in front of it I chase it all day but going back to your point Joyce about you know coaches being predominantly backs I don't, I don't know if that's true or not but yeah I mean I, I'm certainly let's do a, a survey apart from Pembo who is mm. our forwards but I don't know last year um, Josh back um, Sean a back Sean a back oh actually I'm sure it was a forward yeah. Aston back back yeah. you back. Kennedy back yeah there you go but the, 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 there's a serious point which is the ground's hard we don't want injuries particularly we don't want people going to free season so we, that, that is a consideration you know we want to make the most of the dry weather and get heart rate up, not do quite so much smashing and grubbing about in grass. But um, there's always that balance, because I remember one yeah. year as training, we did a lot, a lot of fitness. I'm talking the Vicky years. And everyone was like, we're not practicing scrums, we're not practicing, we're not doing mm. this. We literally, probably like the week before, did a run through of a game. Mm. But crikey, we had an amazing season. Yeah. We were the fittest team that went out on that pitch on that first because yeah. all we'd done was strength and conditioning training and running and doing and you were picked off against each other. You were you were made to hate your teammate pretty much. It was it was brutal. Yeah, but ho- hold on. That was the worst, that was the most horrible season ever. Yeah. We made it. Was, yeah, I mean taking out the but thing. We, achi- yeah. we achieved, but we hated it. But yeah, but it's getting that balance, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. But, you know, that's what I'm trying to say. We've yeah. had it at one extreme where yeah. it's been so far on the fitness and everything else, yeah. and we were really good. And then you've got the other side, isn't so? Yeah, yeah I got what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, it was horrible. This is Molly's grassroots salute. So Molly, it's that time again. Grassroots salute. I ain't got one. Because um, basically everyone's doing pre-season. No one's really posting anything interesting apart from a bunch of forwards dying and the load of backs not turning up to pre-season. So uh, I've kindly handed over to Goose. Yeah. So she's given it to me. So I'm going to announce the Nomad 2.0 
team that we have rocking up for the festival on the 19th of August at Avonmouth hang on will it be better than my announcements last year because the bar is pretty high at least I remember Molly had full names no and at least I will remember to include myself in it this time because the last time I was actually missed out of the team so Oh, I, feel so I could, I could spell go. Molly with a Y. <laughs> I didn't even get asked to do it this year because I was so shit. No, you're in my team, and actually, I've got 21. I've just realised I didn't put myself on you my own list. Batty's got headphones on for all the listeners, so Matthew yeah. uh, is currently struggling, struggling. from a uh, tinnitus from us all <laughs> shouting down the microphone. So, we have so far, we've got a squad of 21, and we have. Abby, Akessa, Becky, Bev, Kath, Z, Danny, Dobby, (laughs) (laughs) Molly with a Y, Gabs, Gunnings, Hannah, Jen, and Jen V, Jodie, Joyce, Kez, Sarah, Sean, Tasha, and myself. We also have Rocky Clark turning up on the day who I really want to persuade to put her boots on and come and run out for the nomads as I'm well. pretty sure she's already signed up to be honest yeah, it's tradition to force the uh, panellists to play when they don't want to if, if we can find out what boot size she is then there's no excuse just I reckon more. she's a nine I bet she's always got boots in her car so, just in case. yeah I reckon so I've yeah. done a little bit of Instagram stalking today on she, her feet no that was on OnlyFans that she stalked the feet oh, no no <laughs> um uh, so she's coaching at Leicester Tigers at the women's team for the next season and she's posted quite a few pictures of herself taking her boots and actually doing the warm up and the drills and everything so I don't think she'll take much persuading so she's it. basically in Nomad's pre-season training oh yeah yeah, yeah. okay yeah, however so. they are a much better standard than the Nomad's so I'm not sure she wants to lower herself to uh, no, oh, no, 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 no don't, don't, don't lower us. are you offended Jodie I'm offended by that it did hurt are you like playing yeah, yes, I read Joyce. Team Flake, Joyce, retired five times. I've told her she's got to turn up. I was told, in no uncertain terms, because Goose didn't have enough numbers and she wanted to beat you from last year, that I had to. Okay. Yeah. That does mean you have to actually turn up, though, Joyce. I will turn up. I have my, I have got, camping. I'm camping. So I've got, got my pass out. We've got all sorts of teams. <laughs> so there's quite a few from Curran Nantwich. We've got Kath from Staffs. We've got Old Lemontonians turning up. We've got Ivy Bridge turning up. We've got Brixham turning up. Super Actually, Marine. Brixham are bringing a shitload of players. Um, yeah. yeah, Supermarines. So we've got quite a range of, of... What I don't know is if I've got 21 forwards and no backs. So that's the next... <laughs> next <laughs> I'll, I'll go on the wing, I don't mind. <laughs> I don't mind getting cold. So for listeners, there's still a few slots available. Yes, basically. please sign up. So Shrewsbury... I think some of you you're coming down to pick up your brand new shirt so bring your boots as well yes get on the, get on the pitch yep and yeah or that team list will change dramatically at least five times before the actual day yeah and if Avonmouth and the other team that we're playing have extra There's, yeah if they have extra players who aren't in their squads and want a game come and play for the other side because you'll have much more fun this is so grassroots isn't it that we're working on the basis that half the team won't turn up. <laughs> I've really had two people in the WhatsApp group say, oh, I now can't make it. Oh, I like that though, because one was like, I can't make it, what day is it again? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolute grassroots. Yeah. Totally, yeah. And what, and what time were we likely to kick off, even though I said I can't make it, but I just want to make sure that I definitely can't make it. Yeah. 
So it's looking good. I'm pleased. You know who's not on that list? Who? Shed says. Oh, Sherry! Oh, Sherry! Oh, my God, she's going to beat you. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Sherry, I love you. Can we get um, Sherry to do one of her famous picnics? Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. So, for context, at our club recently, there was a, what was it called? Party Party on on the Pitches. Party on the Pitches, which was essentially a festival where there was some music and some bouncy castles. Bars. Bars and that kind of thing. Sherry's not known for wanting to pay for things. Anything. Anything ever. So bought a a picnic and apparently a wheelie suitcase full of alcohol. Was it not um, like one of those old ladies food trolley things? Probably. <laughs> Probably. What are they called? Like a carpet bag. One yeah, of those ones yeah, that you drag along because <laughs> you can't carry your shopping anymore. We wouldn't put it past <laughs> Sherry. I mean, come on. She bought the whole of Aldi to feed 30 people that she didn't know she was going to feed. Well, no, she only bought it for her husband and her children, who then didn't turn up. Yeah. But that is a buffet for 30. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's such a mum thing to do, isn't it, to cater? I love the way way Louise is judging this situation. (laughs) Yeah. Who is renowned for never knowingly under-catered. Apart from tonight. If Louise catered for an entire refugee camp, there would still be some left over. You'd still be giving out like. I remember this Christmas ago, and we'd um, we we were doing shooting, and this was like it was a Mary Poppins oven that just it was like, oh look, a turkey's come out. Oh yeah, great, and a piece of beef, and and another and a goat, and and a lamb, a whole lamb. They just like kept coming all this food. Yeah, I mean it was amazing, but yeah, absolutely. Next section is this time of the season is where things start to change. So everyone gets a bit burnt out, a bit sick of the player ghosting, a bit sick of the turning up on Wednesday to coach five people. Um, so you get coaches that leave, you get captains that decide they've had enough of sending 75 WhatsApp messages 10 minutes before the kickoff. And people think, you know what, I've done my time. There's a change in regime. So that's happening at our club. Got a change of captain. Molly, you were captain last season. Must be gutting to hand over the reins. Fucking devastated, you know. (laughs) I I couldn't think of anything more upsetting than saying goodbye to uh, spending my whole um, evening in the bath texting people. Nothing dodgy. (laughs) For listeners, she's in tears right now. Yeah, (laughs) sobbing sobbing into a tissue about the thought of not having to herd cats and... um, shout at people because they've decided five minutes before they'd rather finger their girlfriend than come and play rugby um, that isn't even a lie I don't think I'm not I'm not lying about it there's that, people that choose that Jodie did you rugby. send her that text yes. no, I have never chose a girl over no, rugby no. anyway <laughs> yeah that is a lie no um, sorry for being so crude but um, I think you reach a point where you have nothing else you can offer and on a positive note fresh blood as a captain is actually really really good and I think I've only done two seasons on the bounce and then there's been a break yeah you know I love being captain but I also cannot wait to go to a game and just, just turn put my away. knee pads on knee pads on five minutes before kickoff and be like right let's go then miss the warm up sorry you know I was uh, well, it's not gonna happen. Wash I think it's in your blood you cannot step away from it no, no, but I, I've already said I'm not making any decisions on the pitch. I'm just going to play. And if I carry the ball into a ruck and it gets turned over, 
your captain will deal what with we'll it. What we have to do is we'll have to see. Okay, how much are we having a bet? Yeah, He's betting. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. No, 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 because the only year I stepped in is when it all went to shit at the end of the season. Yeah, every yeah. other year I I'm have been voted in. I did try to engineer a situation where you were captured by the fault once after you quit. That didn't go so well. No, it didn't. It went into the uh, the biggest downfall of our team ever. But See, I was right. I do think <laughs> I was no, nice no, no. That season. <laughs> I do I think. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Oi, order. Um, I do think fresh blood is key from a captaincy point of view, and you will always be compared to the captain before that yeah. is just life it's the same as when you get a new MD at work or a new yeah. line manager yeah. you naturally always compare but what the players have to understand is and when you're at work everyone's got different strengths and it's just about adjusting and getting used to it but the fresh blood will make us better and we'll learn and you'll absorb different people's skills and different people's mindsets I know yeah. when Katie came in she was very direct I'm direct but sometimes I really struggle to be harsh enough because I was trying to be compassionate and Reed will back me up with this because she was the VC I would be like well actually I feel really sorry for that person because of this this and this and then Lou would be like no Molly sod that blah 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 so I think my downfall is sometimes my compassion whereas I think Hannah who's coming in does have the compassion but on the rugby pitch she doesn't let that phase what her decisions are whereas sometimes I would potentially let my heart dictate what I said to people which is yeah. not the time or the place so strengths and weaknesses off each captain and I think if you are following on from a really good captain which I did at Northwich you have to just show your worth and bring what you can to the table and not compare yourself to anybody else the problem with you Molly is you're fucking amazing as a captain, like honestly amazing. Me and Goose were talking the other day about trying to pick a captain for the Magpies team and we were like, fuck, Molly's too good. We're all just trying to compare against you. Like, I'm not good, I'm not too good, I'm just different. You've set the bar high in so many areas, on the rugby pitch, off the rugby pitch. It's hard to get someone who's like all round like you are in every single way. Like a friend, a player, a leader. <laughs> yeah, but it's a great it aspiration. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. If it's yeah. a bar to yeah. try and reach, and it's you have set the bar very high for people coming. It's going to be hard for them, but they will find they will find their position. But I think it's about, and, and I really appreciate that, and I'm not trying to play it down because I know that I've worked really hard. But you've got to bear in mind this isn't my first captaincy. Probably when I was shit at captain, I was captain of under 15s at Sandbatch and under 18s at Sandbatch, and then I did county, and then I captained the under 20s for North England. Like so, I've done my time of be, having finding my way, and now it's kind of like I've crafted, I've done my craft, and now it just becomes something that I don't really think of. Whereas some people that are stepping up to captaincy around the country, this will be their first gig. Yeah. Whereas I've got. Like, I think I've played 20 years of rugby and I've been captain for 15 of those. So if you look at that as a percentage, I've done my less successful seasons as captain when I've been younger and some people are walking in fresh. So I think it's about if you get picked to be captain and you've got people that have done it before you, don't see them as the enemy or someone you've got to beat. See them as someone you can sponge off and take their expertise and then you craft it into your own captaincy because no person will be the same. Yeah, well, that's that's the whole point about coaching and being a captain and anything to do with leadership in rugby is that you take all the bits, all the good bits out of the people that are around you and then you bring that into your own style. 
including your own bits and that that's what makes you then your own you know best captain you can be Uh, yeah i think the worst thing a new captain can do is try and change everything just because that's the way the old captain does it it's a bit like a new md coming in you don't need to put your marker on you just need like you say build on what's already there and watch and watch and observe for the first kind of like four weeks like you same and i'm comparing it to work and this work has helped me be a better captain yeah. about line managing people and stuff like that i think whatever your job is directly impacts how you captain somebody you don't want to just go in guns blazing and change the world unless the team is in tatters but actually we've doubled in size and i'm sure there'll be clubs out there that probably someone's picked up that captaincy role and they're thinking jesus christ this is a shit show but you've just got to survive for the first kind of four to six weeks of pre-season and just see what's happening and then you can start to bring gradual changes in and i think captaincy is a two-year job as a minimum yeah i think so and i think the relationship between coach and captain is really important and i think certainly when i was coaching i needed a captain that could give me a reality check sometimes and could say that's training session didn't work for these reasons or you know the selection decisions aren't quite right i might overrule i might say actually i disagree with you 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 know you're i'm seeing things you're not seeing but they need to have the ability to say you know that's not working or i I think we should do more of this or that player's you know so as a coach you see a player smashing out of the park in training what you don't see is the stuff behind the scenes in the changing rooms where they're a pain in the ass. Or a captain should be able to say to the coach, look, you're selecting so-and-so to start on Saturday or on Sunday and the rest of the team don't support that. And actually be able to give good reasons for that. And that's really key. But Lou, Joyce, Jody, you guys have played, and, and uh, Goose as well, you guys have played under different captains. You've been through that transition from a one regime to another when it's not worked what has what has happened okay so i think when when it's not worked is when i like i said before when someone comes in and wants to stamp all over everything um and remove all the good bits out of it you know we had good captain and then you change it up and i think as well for a team you can't just just, I can't think of the word disseminate everything you can't just blow it out the water because you can't reinvent it and it's like like Molly says they need to just watch and you can't just listen to what everyone said about that play you've got to make your own judgement you've got to move, remove that emotion from it like say four weeks like a business isn't it you don't go in but yeah we've had captains come in that have come in big guns and alienated pretty much half the team and if you do that at the beginning of the season you're probably not getting that team back for the rest of the season it takes a lot to do that I think you know when it comes to the next um, nomads I'm like hi I'm Molly Latham <laughs> nice to meet you wow. oh, you're the heavy breather <laughs> yeah because no, then I'm not who I am <laughs> there's been several people who have met recently and said I agree with you Lou <laughs> oh, oh, oh it Zero was um, with it. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah we're trying not to uh, was it Susie Yes. Yes, Susie agreed. Susie agreed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She also gave us some interesting insight into wearing cricket boxes, didn't she? Yeah, I can't remember that name. 
she said basically it's not really a quickie but it's more of a manhole cover exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I like that a manhole Sweet cover Lord. and it still hurts <laughs> yeah yeah didn't you see one of the players in the ashes this weekend got hit in the box did they was it that that I was watching or something English, else a, a woman or a man a man oh, oh yeah, yeah, you there? yeah ben yeah you just, yeah, was there, ben yeah, just hit, crumpled yeah. to the I floor <laughs> Can you hear it? Yeah, no, I can hear it. I was about 150 yards away and I can hear it. Yeah. And you just kind of went... You went down the shit. Yeah. <laughs> so it doesn't help then? No. Well, yeah. It's a lot better than if it Actually, was... Actually, full pelt. Yeah. yeah. It was. You'd have a bruised willy. <laughs> yes. Yes, Grace. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you've said that. It's, it's in now. It's in you have to be careful what you say because that can be used as a clip for it eternity. Will. I'll just clip it and then use it as a... Why, why did you it's all to beat me, me with that's why I'm very careful about what I say on the pod <laughs> you're very careful actually Goose mm. yes you, you are Goose a bit too careful you're such a lawyer I know <laughs> just I would say you can use it of not been yet. Like, I won't make partner if I talk about that on the this board this time <laughs> yeah. uh, Goose anyway. me and you are absolute opposite <laughs> there we are there we are <laughs> I just say what's on my mind before I've actually thought about it and then you I actually... clear up your mess yeah <laughs> no my mess this is just... not the official statement yeah <laughs> Lou does not speak on behalf of us all <laughs> but I do secretly yeah. <laughs> just Lou not says. just not legally yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's her views only yeah. it's a representation of the views of the pod yeah <laughs> Basically, I'm the asterisk of the pod. Goose to asterisk. So we've got some exciting news. Yes, we have. Some a new project that we're (laughs) starting. In fact, it's already started. In fact, so you know us all for audio medium, but we've decided to release a documentary next year. So going to be a 12 months in the making so I'm sure you're all very excited about seeing it but by the time 12 months is up you've probably forgotten all about it <laughs> as hopefully we will not have done but Molly it was your brainchild so talk us through your thinking well it was your brainchild but you just didn't tell anyone about it <laughs> so I rang Matt at half seven one morning before work and, and said to him do you know I, th- I really think we should do a documentary of grassroots and the progress through a season of women's rugby and the challenges and the fun and the heartbreak and the flakiness of people and and you know looking at the season from pre-season all the work that everyone does the coaches and the captains all the way through to those December days where it's snowing cold and you've got 12 players how do you cope how do you get through and then going all the way through to the triumphs of the kind of April month April and May month where we've got all the awards and the promotions demotions and kind of near misses and and looking at the journey and and how you get through that so we're going to be reaching out over the next couple of months to clubs around the country to ask you to send us some footage now some of it will be woeful some of it will be really really funny some of it will be absolutely groundbreaking and we're gonna sit in the uh, summer months of 2024 and uh, reel through all the footage and hopefully produce a really cool documentary so what you really mean there Molly is Matt's gonna sit and <laughs> yeah I actually said I would help you since it was my, our joint child that we birthed on a phone call at <laughs> half seven one morning that image I'm looking forward to seeing this who's still standing like at the start of the season 
whoever it is from fucking make up a name that sounds realistic Mantonian Rugby Club said oh Quinnable. yeah this is going to be the best year best season and by the time I wrote you're hearing nothing from them that's yeah. it they're out they're done mm-hmm. and that I think that encompasses the whole of grassroots itself that is what it is it's oh yeah full commitment to the start where the fuck are they in January yeah mm-hmm. who's the last woman standing yeah mm-hmm. and who and at the end of the season how many girls have joined how many have left and what what yeah. you know because you can get promoted but half the team can leave mm. and then you know you end up a bit like Sefton who got promoted into champs one and lost every game yeah but came back down rebuilt themselves and finished mid-table well it's like um Preston who were due to come up to our league last season and then they folded and they folded before the season even started so yeah. so it's just about the journey and I reckon it's going to be a really good laugh mm. and really what I'm really looking forward to actually is sort of the individual journeys like um, so how each sort of different person gets ready for a match like so you might have Sherry for example (laughs) yeah I know right but she's got kids and they've all they've all got schedules but she's also got her rugby schedule how does she get ready uh, to play a rugby match and then how does someone on the same team uh, that hasn't got kids or any commitments for example but how do they get ready for a match I and mean, it might be equally as stressful as sherry's yeah. schedule i think that'd be really interesting to see the behind the scenes and you can compare and contrast um everybody's different journey of um sort of getting up in the morning to actually playing a match and it's not really the match that matters it's like um the grassroots thing is more about how you deal with playing rugby as a woman uh, with a life and a job and a, and kids or not kids and responsibilities or not responsibilities that for me is going to yeah. be the most yeah. like real life interesting yeah. thing to it's watch yeah yeah it's, I think it's the start and what you do afterwards yeah what you do between. yeah and then the Monday morning situation <laughs> you know and we all laugh and we're like I can't, I can't move <laughs> oh god work oh no you know that sort of thing and you know that that for me is going to be the most interesting mm. yeah spot, definitely actually. totally yeah absolutely so message to listeners if you want to take part in this get in touch We'll reach out to a few of you directly anyway. But all we're looking for is just footage of your season, whether it's a training session, whether it's a coaches meeting, a game, a final, one of those discussions you have where you're going to have to cancel the game because you haven't got enough players, anything like that that tells the true story of women's rugby. That's what we're looking at, the grassroots. Um, none of this, like, you know, oxygen tents and... <laughs> going warm weather training in Portugal protein shakes and no protein shakes no a teaspoonful of tuna maybe yeah yeah but you know those those hard conversations as yeah. well between coaches and players and you know the the awful conversation after a loss you know with the team uh, or the the brilliant mm. chat yeah. when you've just had the most amazing win of your you know, club's career you mm. know all those things are going to be brilliant to watch totally so yeah we're very excited about it um so watch your space and we'll update you as we go so to finish us off just yet another plug for the grassroots festival on the 19th of august so it's taking shape so goose gave us a, a nice overview of what's the 
the, the, the first incarnation of the, the team yeah somebody's joined whilst we've been on the pod there you go <laughs> brilliant See, so news travels fast news travels news fast news travels very fast get in quick that's all I'll say people run do not walk run turn absolutely. no mads. absolutely so yeah best thing about this time is we can camp so if you're travelling from a bit of a distance you want to have a few beers you can put a tent up and you can put your tent next to Lou's tent and not get any sleep. <laughs> yeah. like, Bring your defenders. Real true grassroots I mean, experience. Exactly. Maybe I just keep drinking, then I don't have to sleep, and then no one has to endure the snoring. Okay. Maybe Isn't we'll it just worse keep... when you're drunk though? Doesn't it get louder? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, but I'm not going to be sober, am I? So does Molly. <laughs> FYI. No one come near me Fuck and Lou. No. We'll put like some tape around the yeah. tent. Do not approach. Caution. Yeah. Caution tape. It'd be, around like, it'd be like Chernobyl with an exclusion zone. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Fallout zone. Yeah. What we'll do is when they're asleep, we'll just move the tents, yeah. put them somewhere else. Yeah. That's fine. Me and Reed don't need you. We won't care. We will no. not know. We will be asleep. Be on a freight ship sailing off the French Channel. <laughs> <laughs> In advance, yeah. I hate you. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, but no, we, we can't wait. We're looking forward to seeing everybody. Can't wait to get the uh, the Nomads team back together. Um, obviously, some new faces this year, and a few a few that have come back for another incarnation to reclaim the silverware hopefully uh, Durs in Avermouth I hope you're currently Scared. deep in pre-season <laughs> hitting the weights because it's going to be a good day what is the silverware this year? we're going for the uh, the trophy again the cup where is the, the trophy? Where is the trophy? so the trophy is currently on my shelf but uh, it's got a massive hole in it from where Fiona drank from it and it might have rotted the bottom out yeah I remember that <laughs> she was trying to drink from it but it was all falling, falling out, out the bottom, bottom. Yeah. yeah so it's on my shelf so I'll, yeah, I'll replace the trophy for this season so anybody out there listening that thinks they might want to sponsor a trophy <laughs> yeah. please contact me Fiona <laughs> <laughs> she says she can't remember it but I have video mm. evidence for doing it yeah I well, bullshit yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, we can't wait to see everybody. Looking forward to seeing Fiona. It's going to be great to catch up with her again. Obviously, Pop Life's coming. We've got Lesbian Mum coming this year as yep. well. Mm-hmm. Um, Rocky Clark. Rocky Clark. Stella Mills. Mills. Hellbro, we're going to bring some special guests. It's going to be fun. So, we'll see you there. We'll yep. put the link in the description so that you can buy your ticket. Only 10 quid or 15 if you're camping, which I would say is a massive bargain. It is. Free day of fun. Yeah. So, um, 20, 20 quid if you want to uh, camp between me and Molly. <laughs> Can you enjoy? You're paying them 20 quid. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> Twat. Absolutely. So, on that note, thanks for listening. Goodbye, bitches. Yeah. Bye. 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 Thanks so much for listening to this fairly amateur recording. As usual, please like and subscribe to the show. Also, don't forget the Grassroots Festival on the 19th of August in Avonmouth. We can't wait to see you there. To get tickets, please click the link in the show notes below. There's an inevitable conclusion to this. A brilliant finish. This is Grassroots. Women's rugby from the roots up.